It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you're looking for the number one sportsbook in America, it is FanDuel. It's unquestionable. It is undeniable. It is FanDuel, the best sportsbook in all the land. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. They have spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more, along with another wide range of varieties for options and betting Things that you want to make some money on, you can find it on FanDuel.com. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Bull? Uh, the Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford, between them, are averaging 3.7 yards per carry. That's pretty bad. Now, Kareem Hunt is the goal line back. So he's, he's usually in on short yards. So if, if it, for me... I'm going with Kareem Hunt, short yardage, and goal line. Pierre Strong is the best back on his team. It's not even close. When you watch them run inside zone, he's more decisive. His landmarks are more accurate. He gets upfield, and he puts his shoulder pads down, and he leans forward. I watched I watch Jerome Ford running on outside zone plays, and if you think you're going to run outside zone plays and you're going to stretch Pittsburgh or Baltimore out, Sideline to sideline, they're too fast. Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, the safeties come up uh, and, and play the run very well. They they play their safety as a as a third linebacker. Mm-hmm. So you need to get the ball and get upfield. And I think the Run fact right at them. Yeah. And, and, and all the sideline to sideline stuff not going to work. And I think I think what Stefanski was doing is he wanted to see if Kareem Hunt, as to Jason point was, is is Jerome Ford a feature back? No. And those 20 carries showed you he's not a feature back. He hasn't no. shown it all year. He's he, got the home run ability. He's hit a couple of big long runs. But in terms of the guy you want to hand the ball to on first and second down every play? I, I, I want it, I'd love to know, is, is Ford a much better pass blocker? Like, what's the deal? that what, You finally gave Pierre Strong some opportunity. Yeah. I thought he really impressed. But, and then he just they gave him three cat touches yesterday. I, I don't know what happened. Well, Jerome Ford, like, you know, he said – Jerome Ford has shown home run ability. And home run ability is intoxicating when you have an offense that is yeah. struggles a little bit. Because you think, hey, if I keep giving it to him, this guy has an ability to, to go to the dis- take the distance, you know what I'm saying, and get points on the board now instead of field goals. Right. I get where you're coming from. But as you said, on first and second down, you need to get guys that going to give you four, five yards and, and then put you in that good position and use them. They want to use Jerome Ford. Um, as a third down guy or a guy that you want to run on, on screens and different things like that, sure. But I think it needs to be a split, and he doesn't need to be seeing twenty carries. Yeah, I, I mean he's he's shown nothing to me that makes me think I want to make him a lead back. Yeah, it's disappointing. He, yeah. It's he's been a disappointment. Yeah, because I I really thought he was going to be the guy that they transitioned to next yeah. year. I didn't think I didn't never thought Nick was coming back even before the new year. If he did, it was on a much lower deal. I'll be curious to see. I mean, we can talk about this more, you know, after the season, but what they do at that spot next going into next year, you know, it's fascinating, Jason, because I like you assume Nick Chubb sadly, because I love Nick Chubb yeah. was going to be gone next year. You wonder if because of the knee injury, 
and maybe he wouldn't be, you know, he's an older back at this point, and he's coming off a knee injury. It's not like some Two of them now. He's at right. two. It's not like another team's throwing him big money. I think there's almost a better chance that Nick Chubb, if he's healthy, you might be right. could come back because if he's not going to get a ton of money anyway, why wouldn't he stay here? Oh, I'm, if they could get him at the right number, I'm sure Absolutely. they'd love to bring him back. The whole point that I was trying to make all summer was he wasn't coming back at that number. No, no chance. And the, and they showed their hand when they didn't restructure his deal. That right. told you that he wasn't coming back at that number. Right, right, right. That they were probably going to move on from him. But now, yeah. That maybe now there's a conversation you can have there. Right. But you still have to do something. And, and maybe if he comes back, you don't have to do it. But right. there's going to come a point where you – I mean, I was watching Trevion Henderson run on Saturday thinking, he looked pretty good in a Browns jersey next year <laughs> if he right. lasted the second round. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Well, I haven't that, looked, I mean, I haven't looked at – Hopefully it'll be late second round. I mean, that right. But that's yeah. where – I mean, that's where running back's sweet spot seems to be now that's in the true. NFL draft is second rounds. That's true. So – the, I love, I do love that, that despite the fact the running game has not been great, that Stefanski does stick with it. Like, he's, he, you know, he didn't have a choice. Look who his quarterback's about. Right. Well, yeah. And they, you know, the running, I, I'd love to know what the, the, do we have the running back like efficiency numbers and well, some of the analytics on that? I'd like to know, I'd love to know like where the problem is. As far as like their EPA per are. carry and their success rate? What's that? As far as like their EPA per carry and yeah, success like rate, it, it'll be updated after Monday okay. Night Football. So nothing. And, and, and we 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 get to talk about this a little bit. Um, and uh, so yeah, you, you know we 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 would be amiss if we didn't you know talk about Jedrick Will's injury. He left the yeah. field with the the air cast brace on his, yeah, he's his right done leg. Here, I'm guessing. And anytime I've been in that position multiple times, anytime you're in that cart, it's always de- it's tough to deal with because you understand what what's what's ahead of you. Obviously, he was emotional. Um, you know, we've we talked about his his struggles on the show before, but we also talked about he has been playing better as of late in in the past. Few I didn't weeks. think he was playing particularly well yesterday. Well, that was before today. Yeah. Well, he went down a couple times. Yeah. He like was, he yeah. he would like Both give the tackles. Give him credit. Yeah, he yeah. was trying he to fight back. through. We've we've you know we've been hard on him, especially early in the year, those first couple of games. Yeah. But he was dealing with with some stuff, and he kept getting up, and he kept trying to yep. fight through it. Yeah. Until finally, obviously, right. when he leaves in an aircast. So He's not coming back anytime soon. No. It could be a season. I, we'll get more information I wonder on that. if they consider moving DeJuan Jones to left tackle. I don't that, think so. Probably I not. I don't think so. Um, what about Batonio to tackle and Michael Dunn to guard? Then you they just tried that before. Not midseason. Dunn's on IR, I think. I'm yeah. pretty sure Dunn's on oh, IR. I thought. Yeah, so he is. We I talk mean, about that running game. Um, you know, they, believe it or not, Hudson is a drop-off from Jet Wills in the run game. Oh uh, yeah, so I I, I, mean, yeah. I, I want people to understand that before they go in and be like, well, I thought you said that Wills was terrible and Hutt. No, we never advocated for Hudson coming in all the minutes. He is a drop off in terms of the physicality and being. I guess able. we'll see. It's tough that he's got to go in and get play Baltimore and Pittsburgh. The yep, next two weeks. And we know Hudson's struggles with Pittsburgh a couple so, of years ago. Yeah, now that was on the I, right I don't know. side. For whatever reason, I'm not that worried about it. I. I will say careful I, I what you wish Jay for. I don't think is any good, so. Careful what you wish for. I wasn't wishing for Hudson to play either. I was wishing they'd go out and get a tackle, which yeah. they didn't. And well, when, we, when we have more information on what Will's injuries, I'm sure Stefanski yeah. will address it. But obviously you feel bad the for the guy. Yeah, we'll, we'll do know, a full absolutely. segment tomorrow on how they address the offensive line, yeah. depending he on how long. Talking I mean, how are they going to address it? There's nothing to do. There's you nothing to do. There's, guys, there's, 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 yeah. you know. Trade deadline is passed. You go sign some journeymen off the street, which, you know, I mean, they've got Leatherwood on the practice squad. Uh, Jason Peters is older than me. Like no, Jason Peters not out there. He just played. They, just for, they, they, they cut him. No, he's back on. Oh, they cut him. The guy that he 
got activated four is now healthy again. So, so then he got he, I mean, he's, he's, he's literally, what is he, 37? Remember he's Miles Garrett? 31. Oh, see, I was joking. 40, 41, he's six years younger than me. 41 playing line. That is That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. He now, I will say. 80, yeah, he's 41. He was born in 82. Well, what they're going to do a lot is this. Um, you're going to see a lot of Nick Harris this week. They're going to put him at tight end. They're yeah. going to put him at fullback. They're going to run some unbalanced line, yeah. and he'll be like the tight end companion that will be blocking right next yeah. to Hudson and, and, and trying to block guys up. That's how what how bad is Alex Leatherwood? That he, the guy was a first-round pick, can't even get off the practice squad. Can't even get up. Yeah. I mean, that's all. I mean. I mean he might be now. He we'll might see. be. Look, right? They're running out of bodies up front. Yeah. That, that's It's true. a concern. Uh, one other thing, we didn't really mention David the joke. We mentioned him quickly in the conversation of they don't we, – we, I just wanted to get back to that a little bit. I mean, I think it is what it is at the other wide receiver spots. I'm not going to trust, you know, I'm not, I have no expectation for a lot for any of the other guys. There's going to come a time where someone else is going to have to win them a game because if you're a defense, why would go back to the Bill Belichick of I'm going to take yeah. out your best player. Well, Amari Cooper is the best player on offense right now. Yeah, by a lot. Now, so, David Njoku stepped up. He has stepped up his game the last But month, Amari, Amari should be doubled on every snap. Yep. Oh, 100%. And so eventually, and we saw David Bell come up with a big catch, come out of nowhere. And, and it was one. It was one yeah. play, but it's a huge catch in the moment. Right. And some, somebody else, whether it's Elijah Moore, who's been a massive disappointment this year. Massive. Oh, my God. I, I just. Again, some of that the quarterback play. <laughs> some of that the quarterback play. I, I and some, he was, but he's had the ball in his hands. He didn't do anything no. with it. I thought he was. They sold me on this explosiveness. It ain't, I, no. He's running like he got a refrigerator on his back. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, man, pick it up, you small guy. Marquise Goodwin, I, nothing official, but that looked like a concussion to me. Yeah. He needed help getting off the yeah. field. And it was multiple guys helping him. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say he's yeah. out for at least the next few weeks. But somebody, somebody else is going to have to emerge. I mean, you can't worry about it right now. You, it's the only thing that's working, so you got to go to it. But. If, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'd double two. I'm bracketing yeah, I'm not worried about any every of the other snap. guys. Every snap. He's I don't know doubled. why you'd, you would ever leave. I mean, Mark they just doubled him there, and he still beat it. But it was the way that the Cardinals right. played the double remember, that Amari knew he could beat it. next two weeks you're playing against teams that know yes. how to scheme defensively. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be a challenge. And they're not going to – you know, Mark Cooper's not going to be running free on any kind of regular basis. They got – you know, some of these other guys are going to – listen – they need some contributions from whether it's Bell or Tillman. Yeah, you know Tillman finally got off the pra- you know off the inactive list. It's, he didn't do anything yesterday. It's good to see Tillman on the field, but it was because they, it's not like he forced his way in. It was yeah. because no. they traded DPJ. Right. They didn't trade DPJ to create a spot for Tillman. They yeah. traded him to get something for the asset yeah. because they weren't bringing him back. So you'd like to see Tillman do something to right. force himself onto the field. That's right. All right, I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow yeah. your mind real quick. Did you know Cedric Tillman played 74% of snaps yesterday? Oh, that's – no. Wow. He played 54 snaps. In comparison, Amari Cooper played 58. Offensive snaps, not special teams, offensive snaps. How many of those snaps were passing plays, do you know? I, no, they just released snap I, I don't snap know the breakdown, counts. They yeah. just put snap I know, but I'm, I'd be curious, like, if he's a guy that they always have out in the running game because maybe he's a decent blocker outside. But still, still, I would not guess that he was on the. Usually, rookie receivers are not good blocks. I'm just, I'm just. He played 54 snaps. Bowl. Elijah Moore played 45. So yeah, it wasn't like Elijah Moore did anything either. No, I'm just saying that's. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have tweeted it out. At least we retired the Elijah Moore gadget plays from the backfield. Oh yeah, yeah, those are those are gone. Those are gone. We just we gave all his carries. We cash apped him right to Goodwin. (laughs) (laughs) We cash apped him. uh, Bye. Yeah, that does not work. And my thing is, if he's not running that route, what is he running? 
Because here's the thing. I want more length outside in, in terms of if uh, running those outside routes. There's a couple times in the Pittsburgh game where yeah. he just didn't have the wingspan or catch radius to catch the football. And, and plus, when you're throwing it to smaller guys, there's less room for air. Like, you can't throw high. You can't really throw. If you throw it low, you ch- there's a chance you can skip the football. You really can't put it in a way where they could go up and get jump balls. So it's like, I don't know what other roster he's going to run. Can, can I nitpick one thing yeah. real quick? Uh, Zach is actually the one that noticed this. When they were running some of those Wildcat yesterday and, yeah. they, and Deshaun flanked wide, if you want to run wild, just get him off the field. Get Deshaun off the field because they're lining up up across the corner, and Zach's like, the corner could just bust him right yeah. at the line. It's a free shot on yeah. a guy with a bad shoulder. Who's your franchise? Why even have him out there? Yeah. And I thought, man, that's a great point. Just, just that's good. Well, DTR, yeah. I know, the, I know the reason why. Because when you're in the huddle before you break, you don't know it's Wildcat. If they take the quarterback out the huddle, you have a left. All right, that's fair. That and and to, and to Deshaun's credit, he didn't move. Like yeah. we, we watched him, and right, he right. didn't even take a step. He just stood there the whole time. But still, it's a free shot on the on the corner. The corner can take a free, if you're playing press coverage, you can come up and hit him as yeah, hard yeah. as you want. I'm not a fan. I'm not line. a big fan of the Wildcat in general. Maybe they throw it to him. He stands there for like six yeah, more right. times, <laughs> set him up. Oh. Deshaun's not going to move, and they throw it to him. I don't, I don't know. Him. I don't want to do that right they now. They tried that with Baker in the, in the bad shoulder. Remember? I think it was Minnesota. Oh, they threw a pass. I remember. You got to read. We do. We have our final right. FanDuel read of the day. Then we're going to talk a little Stefanski, a little special teams, and then a little Stephen Vaught here. But score early this NFL season, Major League Baseball season, NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season, the Major League Baseball season, the NBA season, and hockey season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL and an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. All right, let's get to Kevin Stefanski. I mean, we, we, there's always a lot of talk about the coach after every game. When the Browns lose, a lot of people want him fired every game. And, and it, to be fair to our fans, that happens in probably every, every other market yeah. as well, unless it's a team that consistently wins. And even then, I've heard people say crazy stuff in New York. People wanted to move on from Mariana Rivera. Uh, I mean, all kinds of nutty stuff. But uh, there's really... I mean, you gave the one nitpick there if you yeah. want, but there's really nothing you could say about Kevin Stefanski. The bottom line is the Browns, through the halfway point of the season, have had the worst quarterback play in the league, and they're 5-3. and three. I mean, what else can I say? Yeah, yeah. I actually thought last week's yeah. game was better than this. I thought last week's game, I know a third and three at the end, whatever. Yeah. But – the, for the totality, the totality of the game. That's what your totality. Uh, I thought. I thought yep. his plan against Seattle and his yep. game calls against Seattle was his best of the season. But yesterday, I mean, to handle Deshaun the way he did, to ease him back in, yeah, the short throws early, let him build a little bit of rhythm and confidence. Then he ripped the one on the third possession, and really started to roll a little bit more in the second half. I, I think I think Kevin's hitting a stride as a play caller. I know everyone thinks, Bull, that you and I are the apologists of, yeah. of Kevin. Right. No, it's not the case. We've been critical of him Plenty of times. when we thought it was yeah. warranted. But I just I think he's really starting to hit his stride. And the longer you do something, the better you get at it. And uh, the Browns have just never had a coach, unfortunately, who has now in year four 
but you learn what works and what doesn't. You learn your own tendencies. You learn about yourself, where your weaknesses are, or where your blind spots are. And I just think, I think he's in a really good spot right now as coach. What is his initial contract was five years? I'd have to go you back remember? and look. I don't remember. I'll it could have been more than that. No. I think. So, no. Uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, we've talked a lot over the years. Fire him. Blah, blah, blah. I, I don't want to get into a conversation about it now. Uh, G may lose his mind here, although you can't, you know, uh, you're not hating Stefanski today. You're loving him today because he, he did a good job. But um, it was five years. It was five years. Thank you. Um, but what I would say is, let's say the next couple, let's say they even split against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And they're six and four. I think that's the most realistic. Right. Let's say they do that. Six and four. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. If we, we may not talk about firing Kevin Stefanski. We may need to start having a conversation about extending Kevin Well, that's going to come up at the end of the year. Because yeah. it's when you have a year left on your deal is when... You start having the lame duck right. conversation, and you extend a guy or not. Yeah. So that will that's going to come up after the season for I mean, sure. If, if he's still here, we got a long way to go. But if we get to January and he's still here, that's going to be a discussion. Point. I'm just thinking, gee, and I, I, I don't know if you want to go there yet, but like I, I have been covering the Browns professionally since 2011, right? So this is this is for me my 13th season covering the Browns in Cleveland media. And I don't think I've ever once done a topic, should the Browns extend their coach? Yeah. <laughs> I've done that 13 years, yeah. I can recall. I think um, the only time I remember hearing that was during the Brian Hoyer situation. When Mike Pettin was here, they were 7-4. and four. They went down to Cincinnati, beat Cincinnati badly in prime time. And they're just like, the Browns were in first yeah. place, the latest that they have been in years. And I think uh, people were just like, oh, like, extend, extend, extend him. Yeah. Like, let, let's get this done. And I don't then, know. I don't then, think I was at that point, but, but I want to hey, see that, more. But like, it was. I did th- say the Browns were going to make the playoffs when they went. I remember when they beat the Bengals. I was like, Browns are going to the playoffs. Oh, everybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. Listen, yeah. they lost five in a row. Yeah. Then, then uh, they started playing Johnny. And it all and, went down. And then Gordon came back, and then they kind of, the wheels fell off in the Atlanta game. And it was just downhill. Yeah. But I, I'll say this. I, I was talking about this on a barbershop a couple weeks ago. I said, look, there's there's two ways this thing can go. There could get, you could get to a point, and I say six games, right? And and he was, what were we after six games? What was it? We was four, uh, four and three? Four and two. We, we were yeah, four, four and two. two. Four and two after six games. So, yeah. and that was without the quarterback. So, I, you know, I when you get past that and you get to the end of the season, you you do have an opportunity to say, look, I mean, I, I passed, it, I went through the gauntlet right here. Like I had a quarterback, I missed my my best player, Nick Chubb. I've lost my my left tackle. I've lost my right tackle. Yep. Um, you know what else do you want? And, and he's now in a position where, yeah, they could offer him a, an extension. Because here's the thing, <clears throat> I don't want anybody to get this twisted. 
we understand or I understand very well what it means if you say he's fired. I get it. That's start over. No matter what guys want to say, that's a start over, bro. Because every new additional coach that comes in here, he he wants his own quarterback. He wants his own scheme. He wants a system. Well, he didn't get a new quarterback. Well, that quarterback yeah, is yeah, here. Well, see, that's the thing. And then, how many people want to deal with that? Yeah. How many good How many good coaches want that to be that on their resume? They right. don't. So here's the thing. I don't want to have the repercussions of saying that this whole thing. This whole culmination of what we went through over the last five to six years is going to end in him getting fired because that means everything we did to be one in 31 with Sashi Brown and all that other stuff, tear it down to the stubs. Mm-hmm. We telling ourselves that that didn't work and it was all for not. I ain't trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot of long-term conversations off of that. We this can, is his we best can. season. This is. I think this is better than 2020 and the 11 to five because we've talked about it before. I've had players tell me multiple times over and over and over. There is nobody in the building in 2020. It was just us. It was yeah. football all the time. There was no nonsense. There was no typical Browns crap going on. Right. It was football, football, football. <clears throat> and for him to navigate this with the Deshaun injury, with the injuries, G that you mentioned, you've lost both tackles and Nick Chubb and your shoulders quarterback was hamburger helper for half the season. And you still have them in position to make the playoffs. You still have them at five and three. A lot of the help, obviously, defensively. You're relying heavily sure. on the defense, and, and that's but fine. But you still have to deal with Jimmy Haslam too. Is a Absolutely. Pain in, pain in and if he and if you, I'll say this. I'm look. I'm honest, bro. You can you say what you want, Duke and D jerk. I don't know. I think they're still building a new. What is happening? This is crazy. That sounds like someone's drilling. Somebody's like trying to drill into the studio right now. If somebody falls through the ceiling, yeah. So uh, I, I'll say this. <clears throat> If if they, the Browns win a division, he's going to win Coach of the Year again. Well, he's getting an extension for sure. He's it, think about it. If yeah. he if he wins the division against a Baltimore well, he wins team, the division, yeah, yeah, he's in the running. He's because, for sure look, in the look, running. Look at the division. Everybody Every is team. two games over five hundred. Every team would make the playoffs if the right playoffs now. started. That's today. crazy. Although yeah. the Jets win tonight, they hop ahead of the Bengals <clears> for now, <throat> and the Bills are out. Bills right, are as out, of yeah. now. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to, I just asked the chat a, a question. And before I tell you the answers to today's results, I'm going to ask the same question to you guys. And I want you to predict what the chat would have said last week. So based on this conversation, I put in the chat, what's a more likely outcome at the end of this season? Fire Stefanski or extend Stefanski? Before I tell you today's results, what do you think the poll results would have been? We have 300 answers in the chat already. If we had asked this exact same question one week ago today, I think it, dep- it also depends how honest people are being. Right. As a, it, because the, the question is, the question is, what's most likely to happen? So it's what you think Jimmy Haslam is going to do, as opposed to what you would do personally. But I would say that last week it would have been sixty forty fire. I think even crazy. higher. I think even higher. Seventy. Yeah. And I'll say 70. sixty forty uh, extension right now. You guys saying seventy? Jason said seventy thirty fire last week. Sixty five to seventy last week. Uh, fire. What do you think? You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Duke and Nijer seventy. <laughs> so I asked that question right now. We have three hundred and fifty votes. I'm going to fresh one more time to get the final number. Three hundred and fifty two votes. Ninety percent extends to Fansky. Wow. Ninety. Wow. And if they lose to the Ravens, it's going to be 30%. Yeah, yeah. G. Bush, how many Super Chats last week did we say have – did we get saying fire Stefanski yeah. and oh. should not be 
hey, the head coach it, of this we, we spent half the show talking about, like, we reading Super Chats because they was like, get him up out of here. But you know what's interesting about that is, so I wrote last week on The Athletic, this is his best season. And I was expecting, like, that reaction of, you're an idiot, I can't, and whatever, I don't care. Like, But actually, a number of the comments were, like, finally, like, someone supporting him, and we see it, and yeah. it's a vocal minority that hates. I was amazed at how many people were in support of him. So it's almost like it's the audience. The audience changes depending on the platform that you're on, I think. Oh, and, oh, oh, oh definitely. You know, it's it's oh, just, yeah. it's interesting. <clears throat> people seem to love Kevin, <clears throat> and UCSS viewers hate him. <laughs> Although well, it's not based on today, that poll, I, it, it varies. And but every, the comment, the yeah. comments in the chat are two different entities too. Yeah, that's true. The comments under the page are grossly different from the chat that happens during the show. And then, I mean, there's going to be a lot of interesting discussions this off season, especially you know, depending on how the rest of the season goes. And to answer Mike's question, yeah. Jimmy Haslam extended Hugh, gave him Which an extension. Was insane. But and, and that's why, like. Jimmy doesn't want to keep blowing this up. Like, no, he, he's that's right. desperate to get something that works. He was so desperate to get something that works, he gave you an extension, a one year extension. Yeah. What was first? Oh, 1 in 15 or 0 oh in 16? 1 in 15. First. All right. After 1 in 15, I we think. We were it like, was. remember, because Hugh said, if we, play, if we get any worse, I'll jump in the lake yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't that's exactly right. That that's crazy. I can't remember now. I'd have to go back <clears> and look at the timing of it. But they gave Hugh a year extension during all of that because they were so desperate for stability to make it work. So. I think, without question, it's more likely that he's extended than fired. Yeah. Was it, wasn't the only win over that two-year stretch against the Chargers and a missed Chargers, field goal or yep. something? Late December Th- game. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was Christmas Eve. Yeah. yeah yep. that December was, 20th. Yep, that was crazy. RG3, was home game. RG3 uh, started that game. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> now he's on a studio desk. <laughs> Go ahead. That is a oh, great man. transition to a little special teams talk, which we have not spent probably enough time in. I almost said it. Before you, totality. To, before you go to special teams, I want let, yeah. let me just before I forget because I forgot <clears> to write good. this down. I want to say something else. You know, we we talked about um, Brady Quinn's comments about Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else saw this. Willie Colon, the former Steeler offensive lineman, was on somewhere. Is that that thing you sent last yeah. night? Yeah, I and think he, that was old. Oh, was that old? I don't think that was. Anthony says it's three weeks old. Yeah, um, but yeah, like all the comments on that were three even weeks still. Ago. Uh, that was another player taking shots at a guy for, for saying he should play even though he's injured. Yeah, he's hurt. Like, the, the injury is legit. I he can't believe how many guys hurt. have just uh, – it's <clears throat> ridiculous. You, do you know – here's the thing. This is, this is the era we live in. We live in a place where people validate their own opinion on the same level as experts. Now, because the internet well, this is – guy's out, a former player. Uh, well, here's the thing. He could yeah. be an idiot too. <laughs> That's true. Like, there's a lot of former players. I've that, seen a lot of idiots in locker rooms. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it's true. like, these people now hold themselves so high that their opinions, and then people are oblivious to real facts. You ask somebody a real fact, you'd be like, is the sky blue today? They'd be like, well, I don't know. Like, there's people that believe the earth is still flat, bull. Yeah, that's true. And so, if you, if you got a bunch of people <laughs> who think that, yeah, I, you just got to leave them alone and say whatever they, they going to think, mm-hmm. because I, I see that a lot when people talk about injuries and he's not injured. There's literally I, I think 60 percent of the people that when they comment on Deshaun Watson, they keep saying there's no tear in there. There's no tear. There's nothing. He doesn't have anything. There's no tear. I'm like, bro, like, what are you 
listen, if you got a character that's just a letter, if you got a picture of somebody else like a dog or a Happy Meal, or if you just don't, it, it, no, you don't count. Your voice does not count. It doesn't. You got to stop paying attention to cats like that. And I need to do it. I, I, try I to agree do a job, with you, but I'm so, when I hear former players take shots, it's always surprising to yeah. me. So how do you, so think about even it. Though right? it's, even though it's a couple weeks old, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's still still applies. Crazy. If, if the industry is flooded with everybody that wants to be somebody who talks about sports yeah. for a living, how do you get noticed and recognized? Do you come you off with, do you say dumb know. things instead of being like, no one cares but, about your statistics. Yeah. That you got to say something to be hot. Yeah, Willie Colon on the Craig Carton show. Uh, <laughs> Hang on, one more thing before we're kind of skipping around. But before you get to special teams, I thought of something on Stefanski that uh, Mike, I think I saw the graphic. Did you put it in our text? Do you have that on Brown's record after losses? I have the numbers for you. Under yeah. Kevin? I can, tell you, I can tell you real quick, but. This is nuts. It I didn't is know fascinating. We're going to talk, talk about this later in the week because. Oh, sorry. It, no, no, but it's worth mentioning real quick. According, and not according, I did the math myself, I double checked. But CBS showed a graphic yesterday that said Kevin Stefanski is now 19 and seven in games following a loss, which is interesting because he's 10 and 18 in his career in games following a win. And we're gonna dive into whether that's just a weird trend, an anomaly. He's about a career 500 coach. He's 31 and 27 first career. So when you add it up, it makes sense that he win wins one, and lose one, win one, lose one. Yep. But he is 19 and seven. That's the third best record in NFL history in games following a loss. But he's ten and eighteen in games following the win. So, so they handled failure well, but they don't handle success well. Yeah, does it doesn't make a lot of sense. And we're gonna dive into that deeper. And kind of, I want to get a little more context to yeah. it before we make it a topic. All right. What we do have context on is how well the Brown special teams has played as of late. Proche in the punt return game added a nice element we hadn't seen. Bjorkes might be the best punter in football, and, and even Dehop, who missed a field goal, is all, one of the best kickers this, right now. Look, I want to start with Bjorkes. Bjorkes. Bajorquez, sorry, because Bajorquez was slandered for years. As a holder. As a holder. Yep. Being blamed. And I kept saying, well, yeah, that one year that kicker was a rookie mm -hmm. and blah, 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 blah. And there were, there were people, including people on this show, slandering and trying to blame the Cave York struggles on Bajorquez. And what we've seen this year... Bajorquez. I can't... I'm screwing up his <laughs> name. I'm usually really good at pronouncing names. I'm going to just avoid his name the rest of the season. Corey. Let's call him Corey B. Corey, Corey B. B. What we've seen this year is the kicker's been great. Yep. And so he did not deserve any of that slander. But as a punter, he is a weapon for the Browns. Oh, yeah. That you rarely talk about. But the he's done a great the job. The only thing that I don't think he's really good at is being able to spin it at the goal line. All of his kicks bounce into the end zone. Have you noticed that? He doesn't have a lot. I mean, they're, they're, if they fair catch him, whatever. But if he tries to drop it inside the 10 or inside the 5, a lot of kickers can just kill it right there. And I think it's changed the game because it used to be, for returners, put your heels on the 15 and anything over your head, let it go. Yeah. And that's not the case anymore. No. Guys are calling for fair catches now inside the 10 or they're fielding punts. I'm like, right. when did this change? Well, punters have gotten so good at spinning Spin it back. and being able to kill it at the yeah. goal line. And his, for whatever reason, seemed to trickle into the end zone. That is the only thing you can say about him. And if, if anything, his leg is too good because he's out kicked the coverage a That's couple true. times. But he is he can bomb it. He's right. got he a never leg. kicks it short. No, never. He, he can he can flip the field. Like yeah. if you if you're on the fifteen, if he's kicking from the fifteen or twenty, he can kick it to the fifteen. Did, or he, 20. did he kick one? Didn't he land one inside of twenty? 
He yeah, let, well, it rolled. You <coughs> a 75-yard punt yet. Yeah, 73, but, I think. And, and that's when they almost got to safety because Thornhill and the right. Blitz. I just mean if you're kicking it from like the 45. Oh, right. And you need to kill it. You need to I, spin I it and kill it inside so, the so, five. So a lot like, of his going yeah, in the If he can get it angled to get it out of bounds, he's fine. But, yes, he, you're right. That's fair. But if the, the worst punt. part of my punter is that it goes into the end zone, I can live with that. Like, there's a lot of punters that they – every couple of punts, they kick it short. Yeah. You know, he never has that problem. He's done great on the holding. Uh, in terms of D-Hop, had his first uh, miss yesterday in Here a while. Here it comes. I told you, it's November. I'm he did make his first two. I'm kidding. It was 62 and no wind yesterday. He's, 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 it was perfect. He's immune. He's a, Listen, he has diplomatic immunity. That was a good least, time to miss it because it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Everyone was like, eh, oh, well. Now, now listen, these next two weeks – Better not miss any big Better kicks. Better not miss them. <laughs> Better not miss them. And we're pulling you off the ring of honor. James Prochet, I believe is his name. I I'm keep trying to call him Prosize. Why? There used to be a Prosize. I did. I don't know who he is, but I, I keep know. messing this is man's name. Is it James name. Prochet? It is Prochet. They have, looks like they've found something here, guys. Because he, I thought he did a great job returning punts. And he had, his numbers were good. And he, and he had one that was called, or two that were called back on penalties. It was one game. I want to see it again. But yes, yesterday he was great. Yeah. He, it was, it's, listen, it's, if he can get nine yards per return, that is huge because basically it was just catch it and fall down. Right. With DPJ up until then. With a lot of guys, a lot of teams have a, a, a returner where you just like, don't screw it up. Just don't muff it. Yeah. But yesterday for one day, I know it was a bad team. I don't know how bad, I don't know if their special teams are bad or anything, but for one day he looked like a legit weapon. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he is a wide receiver. With all the injuries, you wonder if he's going to ever he's going to do anything. In the little bit of breaking yeah. news: Kevin Stefanski said Jed Wills is going to the IR with an MCL injury, but it is not season ending. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, what's the injury? An MCL? What did? He just said with an MCL injury. Yeah, I mean, and Marquise Goodwin in in concussion protocol. Right. I had heard we, Zach and I did it on the podcast. A couple guys in the locker room said yesterday MCL. Zach said that's probably a month. So like, I don't think it's like a torn surgery type thing, or he would be out for the year. Yeah, so like but, he sprained it or something? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But a sprain is a slight tear. If he's on, if he's on uh, not a full tear, that would require surgery. Right, right, But right. if he's going on IR, Zach was right, that's a month. Right. So he's out yeah. a month. I mean. Minimum. Offensive linemen can play with some stuff that, uh, that other players can't, obviously. Yeah. But, it looked uh, worse in the moment. It looked worse. Yeah, when you yeah, see yeah. an air cast and you're carted yeah. off, you fear. Well, you saw him howl. I mean, like on TV, it looked like he was howling in pain. Yeah, and he he was screaming. Yeah. And so you fear a broken leg, you know. Yeah, right. So all in all, it's probably about yeah, the best case scenario. Yeah, that they can get him back at some point this season. I mean, we got, uh, you know, the Browns have nine games to go. So even if he misses four or five games, yeah. get him back in December or, you know, some point in December. And all right, you know now, Jay. Listen, it, that's that's life. You can live with James Hudson for. There's a couple football. Games. There's well, injuries. The two, you can live with the James Hudson for a couple games, but I'd rather it not be the two opponents that they've got coming up. We'll see. So. Again, I, I'm not. I, I I don't think Jed Wills was very good. I know he's a little better these last couple of games. I thought he was not having a particularly good game. I know injuries. You know he wasn't. He's playing on one healthy. leg. He's playing on one leg, and I know right. if you're on the field. You're you expected to produce. And so, but he was playing on one leg right. even before he was So now, off. listen, if James Hudson can't get it done, then they got to go find someone else, whether it's on the practice squad or on the street. I mean, it's not easy. It's not an ideal situation. No. But um, the to, Browns have overcome a lot on their uh, in terms of injuries on the offense. Yeah. Yes. Back to Prochet, though, real quick. There was a little burst he had in the punt return game. That I know DPJ 
we had talked enough about the fact that he wasn't necessarily the most dangerous punt returner. But there's something about kind of the energy and the transfer of energy from a, a three and out, which the Browns got, I think, eight of them yesterday, into a punt, and then you're working with short fields. And when all three of those complementary facets are working yeah. together, the Browns are really damn tough to beat. I mean, a lot of punt returning beyond the athletic ability of the return is the confidence, right? Like, yeah. you're standing – I've never done it, obviously, but I, I think it's pretty easy to imagine if you're standing there waiting to catch a punt it's, and all these guys are flying down the field at you. Right, as fast as they can to hit you yeah, as hard I mean, as they can. You've got to have nerves of steel to be decent at that job. Think about it. If you're, if you're – say, for instance, you are a center fielder and you need to catch some right. baseball. But there's like five or six dudes chasing you, right? Ready to punch you in the face when you beat yeah, them. exactly. And, and then you got to fight the the elements. The ball is moving, and when they kick it, they kick it so high that the ball actually goes above the lights. And then you got to you got to track the football while you're doing all this stuff, right? It's crazy. And, and you know, the second you catch it, somebody might smash you. Crazy, right? So it's it's tough. And he, for one game, looked like he was playing with a lot of confidence. Yes. Right, so and that's DPJ never played that position with confidence. Well, well, listen, for him, his wife is telling him when he gets his lunch pail, hey, you might want to do something, dog. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, like, <laughs> like they gave you the look. They got rid of. That's the quickest name switch and number flip I've ever seen. They sold that eleven on that jersey so fast. <laughs> they didn't even. They didn't even give a time to let us pour out no liquor for DPJ. No, Put, no we couldn't pour that out. out for the homies. And he already out of here. His wife was like, listen, you might want to do something because they need a, a returner. And, and that's the, been the, the worst kept secret in Cleveland. Hey, now let's see if you can do it when it counts in Baltimore. Is that a, is that a 1 o'clock game? I believe yeah, so. Yeah, they didn't flex it. I'm surprised, but they did not flex it. It is 1 o'clock on Fox. Yeah, okay. I don't, like, I, I, I'm, I don't like. For me, I like 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock games. Um, unless it's just, you know. Monday night football or something, but I like my one. I don't months. like night games. Night, I don't. I, I loved it last night being able to like you know watch the Bengals last right, night. Right, just not, chill and, and relax. Have to not have to worry be about ch- other games. It, yeah, it, it's. I like the a one o'clock win for the Browns is the best thing ever. Night yeah. games, I ain't leaving the press box. I hate when the Bengals and Browns play at the same time. It sucks for me. Yeah. Not that anybody else cares. By the way, James Prochet was a sixth round pick by the Ravens in the two thousand draft and had been with the Ravens. Uh, 2000? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> Big difference. Um, 2020, and he spent three years with the Ravens. I think before the Browns signed him to the practice squad last week, I think he was out of the league. I think he you know, he got cut by somebody, whatever. But uh, and, he's, and he has played some wide receiver. Uh, I don't know, you know how, how much he's done here. But anyway. Hey, it's, he's worth a spot on the 53 if he can, if he can return pass. Absolutely. But the, the, I, I do think, as we kind of sum up the entire game here, uh, obviously great win. We'll look we'll look ahead to Baltimore the rest of the week because this is going to be a huge game and a tough contest. And there's a reason the Browns are a decent underdog for this Five game and a half because the Ravens underdogs. are playing. We were talking about this um, before the the show um, uh, was where the Browns rank right now in the AFC. Think about that for a minute. Let's talk about the Guardians for a sec. Um, Steven Vogt is the new manager. Go ahead. I just want to – we made something for you, Bull, real quick. And 
Stevie, take tag board. You guys trying to make up for their <laughs> behavior. Earlier. We do love you both. <laughs> we do love you. We wanted we wanted the proper time before we talk gardens to make yeah. the appropriate graphics and stuff. So I'm punch Anthony, if we can get the, the Stevie right bio up here, please. We even bad have a bio Earl, for him. It's bad enough Earl steals all his takes from his cousin. <laughs> Well, this is the new Guardians manager, Stephen yeah. Vogt. Bo- feel free to chime right. in. You know well, him better than we what all do. Well, what I wanted to say before is what – so, but I'll get to it in a second. Stephen Vogt just retired at the end of the 2022 season. So, he's only been retired for a year. He went on the Mariners coaching staff. Okay. Now, most – many good managers in Major League Baseball are former catchers. Mm-hmm. We've seen it time and time again. This guy has – again, I like – I thought the Guardians – needed a fresh I wanted out of the organization they needed a fresh voice and a fresh perspective I thought they needed a younger manager after many years of a veteran manager uh, Terry Francona did a great job here I think he's going to obviously he's going to connect with players because he just retired as a player now when when Stephen Vogt's name was first mentioned as a possibility for the Guardians I texted my friend Mike Farron for those who don't know Mike is uh host a show on MLB Network Radio. I would say, Mike, in my opinion, and I'm very snobby about my baseball knowledge, I would say I have never met or heard anybody on the radio that did not play Major League Baseball that knows more about baseball than Mike Farron. And he knows a lot of the players because he spends a lot of time around the fields and whatever. Anyway, I asked him his thoughts on, on vote, and this is what he said to me. He said, I am a huge, all caps, fan incomparably good human bright data savvy with old school edge there'll be some bumps in the road learning on the job but you'd be hard pressed to find a better human being to get that job i think it's important when you hire an inexperienced manager to find a veteran bench coach right a guy who's been around the league in a while uh but i think this is a really nice hire by the guardians guys yeah i'm 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 not surprised, I guess, that this is the way it went. I didn't think Craig Council was coming here. I know that's been a name that's right. been rumored. I never saw it because what's the difference in Cleveland and Milwaukee? It's a small market, right, right. payroll limitations. Yeah, if he's going to leave, he's going to go to the he's Mets. Gonna go to gonna gonna spend a ton of he's going to He's going to go to New York if yeah. he goes anywhere. And Vote always, you know, Vote's name sort of emerged a couple of weeks ago. Jeff Passan put it out there. And so yep. it was always sort of floating in the ether. Uh, young guy, first opportunity. You know, we talked about with Kevin Stefanski. He's got to learn on the job. He's got to get better over the years. And you would hope that, you know, the Guardians have a pretty good track record in terms of hiring. Uh, so you would hope that Vogt will be here for quite a while, you know, in the, in the mold of Terry. Now, the interesting thing is Tito was one of the highest paid managers in the game. Like, they yeah. were writing checks right. for Terry. Obviously, that's not going to be the case with him. Correct. So does this free up a little bit more money now that you can then funnel back into the payroll? Just Isn't something that sad that we'd have to have that conversation. Well, I'm just pointing it out. I mean, that's. I mean, he was ma- Terry. I think Tito was making, was in making? The, I think in the neighborhood of five million. He was the highest paid manager in baseball. Steven Vogt's probably making a million dollars. Probably right. So, so I mean, every dollar counts. So you know, maybe that's maybe they can now funnel that money back into payroll. We'll see. I don't know much about him. Um, hopefully, uh, they do right by him. You know, like in terms of, uh, are you going to go out and get? You know what I'm saying? Some bats for the man. Are you going to go out? Because here's the thing. I, I, anybody you bring in after Tito, you got you to gotta realize this. The, the organization is in a very vulnerable spot. Because when you do have Tito, what happens is guys like me, fair weather guys, or guys that are 
you know, I watch. I'm gonna watch you if you get to the playoffs or if you you got a great team. The fair weather people is where you make your money at. The fair weather guys, they, the walk up crowds, those guys. That's where that's where they're gonna be putting money in your pockets. But if you look at it and you got a guy who comes in that no, doesn't really have any cachet, he's a new guy, not really a face of anything. They're not gonna be patient like that. Yeah. They, you know, they're not gonna be waiting on you, you, you year after year. Right. You gotta show them dividends today. Yeah. Tito was like a, a damn. He held a lot of stuff back, like because the baseball, the hard baseball people wouldn't let the other baseball people jump all over him because he'd be like, "Listen, it's Tito. Be cool. You, you lucky yeah, to have." He's him not man. getting that. He's not getting that. No, and uh, they do need to add some bats, and that's something we'll talk about uh, down the line. It I- is interesting. You don't want to be usually. You don't want to be the guy who who replaces the legend. You yeah. know, you want to, you don't want to be Ron Zook to Steve Spurrier. <laughs> right. You want to be Urban Meyer to Ron Zook. You want to be the guy who replaces the guy yes. who replaced the guy. Yes. So that's something he's going to have to overcome. But yeah. the organization, you know, Tito talked about this when uh, at his, re- at the end of season that like this organization's in a really good spot. And a lot of times when you have a new manager coming in, it's because the team sucks and everybody got fired and you're in the middle of a rebuild and you're going to lose a ton of games. That's not the case. Like, this is a really, really good job. So, you know, well, hopefully vote I, can come in. I think it's with... with it's it's decent. With, I, I mean, they've got a lot of work to do in the lineup. They do, but I yeah. said this during the season. They could flip this. It fell apart re- yeah. relatively quickly from where they were last year to how this year went. They could flip it back. They're a couple bats away from really flipping this yeah. back. The pitching is sound. The, org- the farm system is there. They just need a couple of They're things. They're going to flip Bieber this offseason. And they can right, turn this. More on that. By the way, I'll be doing a podcast. I'll, I, I was going to do it tonight, but I'm just going to wait till tomorrow morning, and I'll talk more about this and more about uh, what they need to do offensively. Free agency, I believe, starts either. I can't remember if it's today or tomorrow that it officially The GM starts. meetings are coming up. So there you go. All right. But uh, free agency and baseball starts already? Yeah. You didn't know that? Guys file after the World Series, right after the World Series. It starts five days after the World Series ends. Oh, I thought it was a week in five days. That's bad job no. out of me. I can't remember if it's today or tomorrow. I don't remember the exact date that the World Series ended now. But uh, anyway, I want to get back to the, the NFL and talk about this division, guys. Mm. Uh, obviously, we're going to spend a lot of time this week talking about the Ravens as the week comes up. But this is crazy. I gave you guys a stat, which you you know nobody responded to, even though I thought it was an interesting stat. Well, I'm <laughs> being annoyed at you people. Um, we retweeted it, Bull. Bull's in his feelings Did today. <laughs> Petty LeBull. Uh, <laughs> what so, was it? So the stat was that I tweeted last night, AFC North teams are combined 17-6 and six in non-division games. So think about it. And, and as of today, all four teams are in the playoffs. Now, we've never had that before. Now, it's only been possible for since 2020. But I wonder how many times a division has had four teams win 10 games, which could happen. Now, I still think the Steelers will fall short of 10 games, but I think the other three teams in this division are going to win 10 games. But you want to compare that. I look, you look at that stat, 17-6 and six in non-division games. Well, how does that compare to the rest of the, N- N- the, rest of the NFL? The next best record is the NFC East. Not, not, not a surprise. 14 and 11. Also a really good division. All right. The AFC North team is playing out-of-division games, have a 740 win percentage. Yeah. Basically three out of four games they're winning. NFC East is second at 560. No other division is more than a game over 500. Wow. And the AFC North is seven. I think three of the six North losses are the Steelers out of the division. 
I believe the Browns, Ravens, and Bengals have combined for three losses out of the division, I think. Mm. Um, go ahead, Mike. No, I'm doing math. Seattle yeah. for the Browns. Baltimore lost to Indianapolis. Right, and the Bengals lost to Tennessee. Yeah. That's their only non-division. That's it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, the, the, so this division is by miles better than anybody, any other division. Can we talk about this before? Has, ever, has there ever been a division where every team finishes with a winning record? I'm sure that's happened. Uh, no, I, I don't think it – because. No? Because it would have to be nine. Game. It would have to be nine and seven in the old days. Eight, right. eight wouldn't count. And I can't believe there was a division. Maybe there was. Maybe it's happened multiple times. I don't know. Uh, AFC I'll, West. I'll look into it. Maybe the AFC West when because they had the Rams, Cardinals, NFC West, NFC West, Rams, Cardinals, 49ers. I mean, I don't know, but uh, I'm guessing it has, but not very often. Yeah. I, I'm I'm really guessing that no division has ever won ten games, although now the seventeen games. Right. But, right. But uh, and, and you know. All four teams in this division are on pace to win 10 games or more. I mean, it's just bananas. So, if the, if the, if the playoffs started today, the Ravens would win the division and the wildcard teams would be the Steelers to five seed, the Browns to six seed, the Bengals, Bengals to seven, to seven. Seed. It's nuts. Go ahead, Mike. So, Jason, we have to go way back to find the last time it happened. Good work so on far, you. We got to go back to last fast. year. Oh, really? Last season, the uh, NFC East, no, Philadelphia. NFC East. Oh, that's right. 14-3, and three, Dallas 12-5, and five, the Giants 9-7-1, and one, and Washington 8-8-1. Uh, eight, eight so that was with a 500. 8-8-1's well, eight, eight, not eight, over eight, 500. One. No, no, no. But I meant that's the last time five. There's not been a time where it's been all four teams over. Over never? 500. According to the two Google searches I just did, never. I wrote something about the NFC East, and I got yelled at for it. I got it wrong. I thought it was that. But eight, eight, and one. Eight, well, they, somebody said, "Has the, the entire division ever made the NFL playoffs?" And it says, "No, they can't." No, but that's it's never been possible right. before twenty twenty. Last two years, because right. they they just went to the third wild card. Okay. this past year or twenty twenty was the first time they went to the third wild card. I, if you had to predict right now, how many teams in this division make the playoffs? What do you got? I can't say more than three. I think three. three. Yeah. I can't say four. So who doesn't make it? The Steelers? I think it's Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think it's Pittsburgh. It doesn't make I agree. it. Yeah, I um, agree too. Be, I, I think, but they, that team just terrifies me, though. They they just find ways to win, man. It doesn't matter who they roll out there; they never beat themselves. Impressive. You look at the competition in this division. Obviously, Pittsburgh wasn't great, but they found a way to beat Tennessee, as they seem to do. But Baltimore and Cincinnati both with very impressive wins. I yes. mean, Baltimore just demolished Seattle two weeks after they demolished Detroit. Yep, and the Bengals. The score was close at the end, but the Bengals were in control of that game with Buffalo the whole way, if you watched. <clears throat> you know, for me, somebody said this um, a little bit like the Steelers. Remember the Steelers were like 12-0? and 0? Yeah. Um, the hope, it, felt, it felt fraudulent. I think yeah. it was 11-0. and 0 before 11. They, Yeah. The hope is that the, the Ravens are playing their best ball too early. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, just by the way he plays the game. Yeah. Is is prone to nicks and bumps and bruises yeah. and things like that, um, and hopefully you know they can you, the Browns can catch them when they they didn't play there. But because it's hard in the NFL to play your best game, the yeah. way they played against Detroit and the way they played against Seattle was lights out. It's very hard to do that. It is three but weeks the, in a row. The really good teams, and right now the Ravens look like a really good team. We'll see how it, what happens in the playoffs. They can do that for most of the year or all the year. I, the, Lamar's healthy and playing. I, I thought Lamar had gone backwards the last two years. He'd been hurt. He hadn't played well. He's playing very well. And their defense is as good as the Browns. Yep. 
I mean, they're one and two. They're they've given two. up. They've given up fewer points than the Browns in one more game. Yeah. So when you talk and about, and if you look at some of the analytics, the Browns and Ravens are one and two. Yeah. All over the place. Go ahead, Mike. We're gonna do super chats in a couple minutes, but real quick, Bull. We were in the Muni lot yesterday. G, you were with us as well. And I want to spend just two, three minutes real quick talking about that experience. I know G said he hadn't been down there in over a decade. Yeah. And Bullock yeah. was the first time you've been down there in quite a while, too. So, yeah. what'd you think? Well, do we have any pictures or videos or anything you want to show? Or? Uh, yeah, we'll pull them up. But just while you're talking, we'll just kind of yeah. roll through them and stuff. So, I got to say, and I, I think, G, you had this experience, too, because we were talking about this after. You know, when when you don't. Since we've been since I've been doing this job, like when I was on the fan, I interacted with fans more in person because you do remote because we did so many remote broadcasts. Uh, but because you know they overdid it with the remotes, a lot of times by the last couple of years, remember the last couple of years I wasn't going into the studio so, because of COVID and my wife's situation. So really, I haven't interacted with the fans much. For four years, since pre-COVID. Yeah. And so, the interaction has mostly been on social media. And I always complain that players hear what they want to hear. And to some degree, myself and other media members do the same thing. I have never... I know a lot of people in the media that don't look at their mentions because people are crappy to them and whatever. And I always felt like I had to look at my mentions. You can say my name. Well, it's not just you. It's a lot of people. I felt like I I owed it to the fans that were supportive, which is the majority of fans, to be interactive with them. That's just how I felt, you know? Um, And and so my my long-winded story is that yesterday was really a reminder of how many people love you and care about what you do, and and you make a difference in people's lives. I'm not curing cancer. You know, I'm not doing anything that's that's going to that in the grand scheme of things, I guess, is that important. But people, you know, they're driving home. They listen to you. You meet. It's always weird when I meet like the other day I met some 18 year old who was like, I've been listening to you since I was a little kid. And I'm like, wow, my God, you know, it's a whole generation of fans. I'm we gee, you and I must have talked to a couple of hundred people every we couldn't we couldn't get (laughs) anywhere because every two seconds somebody's like. Bull G, Bull G, and, and, and Mikey McNuggets. And it was just insane how amazing people were. They invited us to their tailgates. They invited us into their buses and their vans. They and told their stories. Their stories. And it was, and they talk, I mean, it was such an incredible experience. I, it, thought. It, it, I thought it was a beautiful thing. And, and sometimes what you, what you don't understand is, and, and, and Jason and Jay say this a lot. They say it like, People on Twitter or, or chats or comments, that's 10% of the population. Yes. That may be the, t- the loud 10. When I went out there, I saw people that just loved being around, being happy. Yeah. Uh, all different races, shapes, sizes of people, men, women. The guys are out there, literally kids out there in their gear, having fun and are oblivious to the rest of the stuff. They're like, listen, this today, Sunday, yeah. I'm enjoying the Browns. I enjoy being around being other Browns fans. And whether or not we win, lose, or draw, we're going to come back Sunday because this is what we do. We support our team. Right. And that energy was like, it, it uplifts you. It is positivity. It really and it makes you think, you, you always say, you, you're going to get a picture of what the Browns community is, but always watch. 
don't put all fans in one bucket That's because right. there's people out there that that have been traveling, putting money. They guys talk about, hey, I'm down here at 430. I've been out here 20 years. Earl's yeah. cousin. Earl's cousin, we say he came up to us. He's been doing that that same two-step shuffle since 99. Never missed a game. Yeah. Just shout out to all the fans. And we took pictures with a million people. We had such a great time. Everybody was so nice. It, it, and the weather was perfect. I mean, we just, we just had, we were giving stuff away. By the way, the question we got asked the most, of course, <laughs> it, or not the question, but the statement that was said the most is, yes. I can't believe how big G Bush is. <laughs> Every, it was crazy. I, I, I must have had 50 people say that to me. They're like, I didn't know, man. I'm like, I, the man played defensive tackle in college. <laughs> Division one. They were like, uh, they were like freaked out. They were like, hey, uh, G Bush, uh, like your stuff, but I didn't know you were that big, bro. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. Mike? That's the people. Every time I'm out, if someone recognizes me, the first yeah. question they ask, is Bull really like he seems? Yeah. And the answer is yes, he's 100% authentic. And is G as big as, is G really that big? And I'm like, yeah, he's a giant. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. We got Great. some Super Chats we got to yeah. read, and whenever we read Super Chats, is brought to us by our dear friends at PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Manor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are eyeing for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. We got a bunch today, guys, so I'm going to fly through these pretty quickly. The first one comes from West Gamer. He says, tell Jason LLLLL Lloyd to hold those for me. Deshaun is back. Next week is huge. Let's go. Professor Chaos said, should the Browns look into getting. <laughs> I don't get it. Hold the L. Okay, the I got to see. Because yeah. uh, apparently I'm a Deshaun hater. Should even. the Browns look into getting Lyle Collins? Did he sign yet? No. Is he still free agent? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We're going to do a whole offensive mm-hmm. tackle thing tomorrow. Ricky Ponzi says, Kevin must have got the memo because he ran the damn ball. Dontavious Winston He's said, Tune and DTR put in the same position. A real tough place for a fifth-round rookie. Rick George says, cheeky question, but what does what does Miss Nuggets call him? Me? Oh, what is, she calls me Mike. Uh, real question. <laughs> Jordan Elliott and Taki Taki, how much is that to coaching? When, <laughs> sorry. That question's ruined, going back. You ruined that man's punch. I thought, I thought he was going to say, she calls me daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, ruined it. Yeah, sorry. That one caught me off guard. Uh, Will Meeker said, nobody mentioning how Watson once again took a huge hit before going Super Saiyan. It's been a few times now where those hits woke him up, right? It is true. He took a big hit yesterday, and then the second half. I liked it. I liked the fact that he took a couple hits and and kept ticking. I liked that. Rick George said, I forgot to mention JOK, Delpit have been – have. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned Delpit, by the way. He led the team in tackles yesterday. He played really well, too. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, I got this now. Yeah. I, I had, okay, Anthony put this through the translator for me. I forgot to mention JOK Delpit have their rookie signatures on my helmet. 
poor OBJ signed jersey. It's looking sad. Uh, Chris said, finally had a game where the punt returners didn't feel flat. Do we finally have a punt returner? We talked about uh, Proche. Proche, yeah. Proche. That's one of the ones I need to be confident in saying his name. I'm just not confident. Orquez. Halim Yusef said, credit AB for the talent upgrade. Also, please consider doing an AFC North breakdown segment every Tuesday since it's such a close division. It will be a fun march towards the playoffs. We will do a little more of that, especially the next two weeks. Uh, LGBs said, Tegna, get Bola laptop. Happy Victory Monday. Peter R. says, was at both Cleveland games yesterday. A great day for Cleveland sports. The Cavs beat the the Warriors. Rick George says, what's the post cost to send Kool-Aid merch to Australia, G? You shipped to Australia, right? Yeah. By the way, speaking of uh, other countries, we met a fan who had flown in from Germany yesterday. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. There's a video up, a YouTube short. Yeah, check check out the shorts. We do have videos out um, of the conversations we have with the people. Those are out uh, on on these shorts. A couple more. Coop. 0021 says, what led to Jordan Elliott's improvements this year? We think Jim Schwartz and some other talent around the offensive line helped. And then he asked if defensive line said, please help raise awareness for this local Cleveland rescue dogs fight against cancer. Help Parker fight cancer on GFM. Won't we post a link? Uh, Tweet it at his coop, and we will retweet that for you and hopefully help uh, Parker fight cancer. Set apart last said, hey, Google, how to contain Lamar Jackson. That'll be a topic this week, I promise you. Uh, James Cosby said, finally got one, called it last week. Attitude game for the defense versus the Cardinals. Daryl, our personal bodyguard in the Muni yesterday, said, UCSS, the talk of Cleveland, Kool-Aid Mafia in the building. Bull, McNuggets, Jason G, love you guys. Cavs won two. Uh, yep. And last one comes from William Slater. Said, UCSS should do a pregame show from the Muni lot. It would be fire. Uh, potentially. Stuff like that's in the works. The Muni lot's a tough area to go, go live. There's a lot of chaos down there. Yeah. And By the way, we get focused. to the Muni lot, and, like, the smell of marijuana is just, like, all over the place. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, my God, because I haven't been to the Muni lot, like, I think it was, like, seven, eight years since I've been there. And I was like, wow, that is a powerful smell. And Mike can't smell anything. <laughs> I thought he was, I don't know, I didn't remember that. Oh, whatever. yeah, like, yeah, he's talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I have no sense of smell. He don't smell anything. And so I'm talking to Gabby, his girlfriend, later, and I'm like, well, this is great for you. You don't even have to shower around me. <laughs> That's crazy, right? And she was like, yeah, it's true. You can't yeah. smell me anyway. Uh, you know what? Can you taste? Yeah, so people have asked me this. I'm sh- There's no way to compare, like, apples to apples. But if you put barbecue chips, salt and vinegar chips, regular cheddar, like, I can tell you the chips. I'm sure there's little nuances I can't pick up on, but uh, I can't pick up most tastes. And real quick. Someone asked Miss Nuggets yesterday. Was like, "Hey, are you Miss Nuggets?" Yeah. Her ego. Really? We have an issue she now. Like that, huh? We have an issue now. She makes. And she thinks she's thank- more popular than we are. And we have to thank her too because she did a lot of the picture. Yeah. Shout out to the photographer yeah. yeah. yesterday. So shout out to Mrs. McNuggets. Yeah. We got overtime. We're talking a little Guardians, little Cavs, and it is Victory Monday. Enjoy it. There's no such thing as a bad win in the NFL. Even if you're playing Clayton Tune in the Arizona Cardinals. We love you, Bull, and we love everyone. We'll see you tomorrow. for watching. Peace. See you on overtime. Or over. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.